If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi everyone, before we start episode 296, I've got to let you know that our 300th episode is coming up really, really soon. And we've decided to celebrate it by doing another live streamed episode. We are doing it on Saturday the 10th of July at 8.30pm Melbourne time. And you can watch anywhere in the world. All you have to do is get a ticket from sospresents.com. There is a link in the description of this episode. And like our live streams from last year, you can watch along live, comment along with other people as we go out for the first ever time, or you can watch it on catch-up. Watch it at your own leisure as many times as you like. Because it will be very early morning for the USA and uh, about 11.30 in the morning for London, Dublin and Sealand. So yeah, if you don't feel like getting up early, you can just watch it at your own leisure. There'll also be a uh, little quiz or party game show of some description at the end of the podcast that we won't release anywhere else. So yeah, we'll give you a bit of bang for your buck. That is our 300th episode. Go on out live, buy a ticket for 8.30, Saturday the 10th of July at sospresents.com. Link in the description of this episode. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jess. Hello, Matt. And we are joined this week by a special guest, our good pal, to give us another cracking report. I'm sure it's Josh Earl. Hello, Dave. Hello, Matt. Hello, Jess. <laughs> Hello, Josh. You've obviously been listening to the podcast. I have. I've learnt your names. So I'm very excited. <laughs> The exciting intro that we've patented over time. Not all guests go to the effort to learn our names. So I do appreciate that. Very sweet. Should we yeah. know that Josh also made the right eye contact with the right member? Yeah. Yes. Well done. That you was good. Like, oh, thank you, Jess. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. One doesn't have a beard, one kind of has a beard, one does have a beard. Yes. That's, that's how we go. Yeah. yeah, I'm the beardless one and it is my oh, you're greatest the beardless shame. One. <laughs> Jeez, Dave put pressure on you earlier. I don't know if you noticed that. 
another great report yeah. coming up. Oh, yeah, I know. Because I, I did the Malice at the Palace last time, mm-hmm. the basketball one. Oh, fantastic. I love the it. NBA, big old fight. I yeah. really hope this has a rhyming title again because I think that was the secret <laughs> to it doesn't. success. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Jess is actually this is one of her hidden talents. Very right. good at rhyming. Okay. Yes. So she'll be able to come up with an alternative rhyme title. Mm. All right. She's memorised rhymezone.com. Oh. <laughs> Got it committed. Apparently, if you're a uh, hip-hop artist and you mention that you use rhymezone, it's not good. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's a real... You get shunned. Yeah, a real smackdown moment. Oh, okay. Well, you're supposed to just think of rhymes <laughs> yourself. Well, I used to think, as someone who does write songs, I used to think that's a bit cheating if you use like, a rhyming dictionary. And then I was speaking, not to drop a name here, but to Darren Hanlon, and he said, why would you make writing songs any harder than it already is? <laughs> Just use every trick in the book. And yeah. so I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Dazza Hazza. Thanks, thanks for that. Dazza Hazza. Is that from, is that from, yeah, is that from Rhyme Zone? That's from Rhyme Zone, yeah. You that's type in Dazza. I put in Dazza. Have you considered Dazza? Hazza. Hazza. <laughs> 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 there you go. This thing really works. <laughs> His happiness is just a chemical? Yeah, it? that's him. Yeah. That's did, pretty cool. Did a gosh. song with uh, Sarah Blasco, which I used to also call Sazza Blazza. So it was Dazza Hazza and Sazza Blazza. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> See, you're not going to need my help. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's also been on Rhymes. <laughs> it's my homepage. <laughs> well, before we get into the report, Josh, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuring you, it's going to be great. Thank you. Don't worry about that. Uh, you've got a live... Stand-up show coming up. I do. And I think it's going to be in the very room we're recording right now. Yes, it is. So if you're in Melbourne, I did a show in 2019 in the Comedy Festival called Josh Earl Talks. And I love that show. And I want to film it. I've never had anything on film before. And so the good people here at Superdoll Studios are going to film it for me. And I have... 12 tickets remaining to sell. So if you've never seen the show, trust me, it's it's really good. I have seen the show. It was great. It's It's probably the best thing I've ever done. It was a really good one. And I would like 12 of your listeners who have not seen it to go onto joshhill.com.au and buy tickets. Um, I'm just online here. 11 tickets. 11 tickets, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. I missed it because we clashed that year. We did. I'll get to see it here. What a convenient venue too. I know. I spent some time here. It's... (laughs) I'll just wander downstairs <laughs> at the appropriate time. Well, that's what I, I always like when you do a show anywhere, like interstate, and you're staying above where you're performing. Oh. Nothing better than going, oh, what time's the show start? Right, I'll have a nap up until <laughs> yeah. five minutes from I'm on, yeah. and then I'll go down, Wander and down. then as soon as it's finished, I'll go back upstairs and just go back to there my nap. There is the danger of entering the stage in your pyjamas, though, isn't there? <laughs> Brushing your teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped a step. I've Having one of those, <laughs> those really long floppy hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume you sleep in one of yeah. those. Yeah. And a little light suit with a little flap at the back. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> little poop shoe. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That gives you an extra laugh anytime. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of put your finger in your mouth, turn around, show your butt, flap down. Uh-oh. Whoopsie. <laughs> I'm the cutie pie of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to see that. You never want to see that? No. Oh, come on. I don't want to see a butt. Uh. And a pee. <laughs> 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 That's gross. Well, the same people that are filming your show, Josh, also filmed four of our live shows that we filmed back at the European Beer Cafe in uh, March and April. <laughs> time. time means nothing. Uh, what does don't it mean these it. days? And uh, you can watch all four of those shows at sospresents.com. And uh, we had to edit out 
a lot of, of what we said on the show because it didn't make sense without the video. Oh, so okay. some people may have heard the podcast, but if you want to watch about 10 or 15 minutes extra of us <laughs> talking to the crowd and, and hanging shit on each other's appearances, uh, <laughs> you, you can do so. As well uh, as uh, we filmed some bonus extra bits at the end uh, where we did a bit of a debrief after each episode. On my episode, I edited out uh, a riff I was going back to where I'd Name different words for um, sperm. <laughs> so that's it. That that stays in on the video version. Yeah, though. that's just a great example. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> listening back. I'm like, oh, it's hard to listen to yourself bombing. <laughs> I will be trimming these bits out, but it was too hard to do on the video. So, <laughs> how, how many do you reckon you named? I think I got to five. Were you on spermzone.com? Yeah. Spermzone.com. Look <laughs> 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 the alternative. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a filthy website. <laughs> 1,200 worms. Words. Worms. Worms. There's one. <laughs> White worms. That's <laughs> what I call them. <laughs> White worms. Hey, that's, don't thank me. Thank the good people at Sperm Zone. <laughs> <laughs> you left me hanging on the night, but you had good ones ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. So, yeah, that's that's available. People can, I think it's one ticket gets all four um, streams. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, please uh, purchase it so that we can pay Stupid Old Studios <laughs> for... Their time. That's right. They said no money down. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just split the split the costs with you. Oh, so please buy those tickets. Because <laughs> right now it's a good deal for us, but not for them. <laughs> and we love we love everyone. That's stupid old. All right, Except Josh. Except one. Except for one. And I yes. shall not name <laughs> them. Oh, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I love Beck. We know you love. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, um, before we get into the report, we'll explain yep. just in case people haven't heard the show before. What we do here is we often take it in turns to report on a topic, uh, go away, do a bit of research, bring it back to the class. And yep. uh, Josh, we don't know what you're going to talk about, which is very exciting. No, I don't know if you other two know. Dave asked me. He said, can I, can I know just in case we've done it before? And I said, no, no, no. You don't get to know. Wow. Yeah. Love that. So there's a chance that we've done it before. <laughs> yeah. He assured me. Don't OJ Simpson. <laughs> 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 oh no! Josh assured me, don't worry, you haven't done it before. And I thought, I can trust Josh. Yeah. Josh, there, there's been other guests where we're like, do you reckon we can trust him? <laughs> <laughs> to do a Google? Good, do you reckon? What about the OJ Slay? Okay. <laughs> okay, perfect. Great, that's the, r- the rhyming version. <laughs> can you edit that bit out, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> do go honours. Yes. Who is the band that could have been? That is the question. I don't expect you to answer correctly. (laughs) Is the the answer Wings? Yeah, Wings are a good band. Alan Partridge (laughs) famously said in one of his early TV shows, he's on a radio station, Wings finishes, Wings there, the band the Beatles could have been. (laughs) 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 One of the great lines. That's so good. Well, so band could have been. That's hard. So it's a band that was. At concept stage, maybe would we would we have heard of him? I don't think you will. Okay. All right. I hope well, I'll have, have a guess. It makes it better if you have platypus poon. <laughs> platypus poon. Oh, oh mate, no. <laughs> <laughs> you went for alliteration there. I know. <laughs> you know when you say things and the words coming out and you're realizing what it is. Yeah. And like regretting it. You could have stopped at poo. Oh, that's what I did. Oh, what did okay. you hear? <laughs> <laughs> Is it platypus poo slash poon? Or no. pool. What about pool. platypus pool? Poo. Pool. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a chance that it's my high school band Weed Hornet? Oh, man. Weed cut, Hornet cut down in our prime, Josh. <laughs> oh no, we could have been. We could have <laughs> been. Could have been. It is not. It's none of those bands. Okay. Okay. So here we go into the report. Ooh. So in the late nineties, 
Early 2000s, rock music was in a weird place. <laughs> the grunge boom was over. Britpop was bloated. And as brilliant as Radiohead are, their album The Bends inspired thousands upon thousands of boring acoustic strummed <laughs> copycats. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to parties where some guy gets out, plays fake plastic trees on the acoustic guitar. <laughs> Time to go home, everyone. Time to go home. Now, that's not to say they it's weren't... only Chris Martin from Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> that's not to say they weren't great bands during this time. It's just the music that was seemed to get all the radio play and the headlines at the turn of the millennium was angry white men yelling that it was all about the nookie. <laughs> Were you into those bands... Dave, I reckon you would uh, be. Out of, out of all the people in this room, I reckon you would be the only one who would have rocked like a wallet like chain. Matt is feeling sick as well. Spiky <laughs> hair. Okay, Matt just um, gave me a look that said, don't dob on me. <laughs> late, late 90s, I'm nine, ten years old. I'm a little bit too young, but a few years later, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm so out of it that I rocked the wallet chain 2003, 2004. Yeah. No, I had a wallet chain. You had one of those? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did your wallet ever get stolen? Never. I also system works. Got told <laughs> to wear your wallet in your back pants, in the back pocket, not the front pocket. Had a girlfriend make fun of me, going, "What are you wearing in your front pocket? What in your back pocket?" That's where everyone has it. I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I better <laughs> no change one ever it." Tells you. Yeah. Well, in this case, they yeah. did. I well, got so told as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember being told. You were wearing, you were you wearing a wallet chain in '99? I I had I remember on a hardware store. I didn't understand that you, you they came pre-made. I just <laughs> bought some chain. <laughs> <laughs> it was a non-functioning wallet yeah. chain. <laughs> just oh. a chain. Homemade, actually, it's pretty bad. Bad badass. <laughs> uh, it's actually a homemade wallet <laughs> chain. <laughs> what a bad, pretty badass. What a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I also had. Uh, whatever significant other that song uh, that album Nookie was on. Oh. I had that CD. Yeah. Yeah, so apologies. Well then, in the year 2001, out of New York came five friends with cool haircuts, vintage suits and an amazing first album. That band is called The Strokes and this episode is not about them. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the same time, The Strokes were making kids all over the world lie and say they were always into bands like Television and Velvet Underground. Yeah, I've always loved them. I've always loved them. A bunch of friends on the other side of the country of America was also paying homage to bands of the past. Because in Portland, Oregon... Four guys by the names of Adam Cox, Matt Fitzgerald, Terry Six, and Jeremy Gage formed a band called The Exploding Hearts, and this is the story of the band that could have been. Ooh. Anyone heard of The Exploding Hearts? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. no. Okay. Now, Portland has a pretty good history when it comes to indie rock music. Do you know any bands that came from Portland? If I say these bands, tell me if you know them. Like Slater Kinney? Yes. yes. Just got a new album out, right? Yes, they do. Yes. Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Decemberists. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Danny Warhols. Yes. Modest Mouse. Bloody oh, hell. Oh, shit. The Shins. Oh, okay. Originally from Albuquerque, but moved to Portland to when they formed the band. So they're kind of a Portland band. Anyway, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, wow. So now, a good hit rate. Good yeah, hit rate. Yeah. I was going to say I didn't know any, but yeah, that's heaps. It that's feels like, yeah, it's interesting. that Or is that, it's well known for that. It is a hipstery kind of it place. It is a hipstery place, but... At the turn of the millennium, not so much. And I'm not sure what it is about places that have a higher proportion of rain to other places, but they just make good bands. Right. So Melbourne, better bands than Sydney. <laughs> You've got to stay inside. You're in the garage more often. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so uh, London, better bands than Ibiza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are too many Ibiza bands that I know of. 
Portland, Seattle, New York, outshine Hawaii when it comes to music. Yeah. Uh, Jack Johnson. Uh. And the other guy who plays the ukulele, the big guy. The yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's the only Those Hawaii. two. Yeah. <laughs> the big two. They're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Now, just like the Strokes, who met at a uh, Swiss boarding school, while they were attending boarding school there, the Exploding Hearts also met at high school, but they didn't come from such opulence as the Strokes did. In an interview the band did with punk magazine called Maximum Rock and Roll, which I'll uh, talk about a lot because they're one of the few people that interviewed them, they described the school they went to as being for rejects and pregnant girls, which I think is them putting a bit of gravy on it because I looked it up. It's called C.E. Mason High. It's in Beaverton. In Oregon, That's and it's good. an arts academy as well. Oh, okay. So you've got the high school, but then you've also got people going there because they're good at the arts. Now, as these guys described it, they did everything together in high school. They said they, it was like they shared one brain. And besides loving music, they also loved skateboarding, smoking pot, and vandalising their small town of Beaverton. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Beaverton. Yeah. It's a great town name. It is good. I know. What could you... Th- Vandalize the sign. It's already got beaver in the sign. Like, what are you yeah. going to vandalize? Well, what can you do? Yeah, just rub out the ton. <laughs> beaver ton, beaver poon. What about that? <laughs> Get rhyme zone on. Jeez, I was close, wasn't I? Yeah. Platypus poon. Yeah. I think of the platypus as Australia's beaver. <laughs> <laughs> He's always said that. Yeah. I can oh. back him up on that. He's always said that. So while in high school, Adam Cox, the lead singer, who's older than the other members by two years, was already fronting a local band called the Iguanas which just happened to be the same name as one of Iggy Pop's first bands, which is where Iggy comes from. So his ah. real name's not Iggy. His Get real name is James Osterberg, but he took the moniker Iggy from fronting the iguana. So it was Iggy oh, and the iguanas. I didn't know that. That's a great fact. Yeah. Do you know, you why know that, Dave? You're a big fact no, man. No, no, I didn't know, didn't know and that. And do you know why he chose Pop? Why? No. Favourite drink. No, because Iggy, Iggy Snap and Iggy Crackle didn't sound as good. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I disagree with him, though. <laughs> Iggy Snapple. <laughs> Snapple. Snap and crackle. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Not> Snapple. <laughs> Too fruity. Okay. So, the Iguanas were a popular school band, and people would make their own Iguanas T-shirts and wear them around the school, and the school still has the seven-inch of the Iguanas that they made on the wall as a bit of a Hall of Fame. These are past students who were, like did great things. The Iguanas cool. 70 up there. I cannot believe that Warren High School has not done the same thing for Wheat Hornets. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Where's that our EP? very disappointing. Was that it was high school band? High school band, what yeah. was the What was the best band in your high school? Was it Wheat Hornet? Yeah, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, there weren't that many. Yeah. <laughs> I think the band I was in was the only band in my <laughs> high school. So, yeah, best by default. Yeah, yes. honestly, I feel the same way. <laughs> I was in a band that we never actually did any, like, gigs or any, even any practice. We called ourselves Community Scooter. Ooh. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, because we stayed at some caravan park, me and some friends, and there was this one scooter that we saw that all the kids would just ride around, and my friend Dion said, oh, that must be the Community Scooter. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good band name. Let's form a band called Community Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great when you start with the name first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I formed a band that never played anything called uh, uh, Kerry O'Brien and the Contentious Issues. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> But, but our our most famous bands were I I don't think I ever saw them at school but Jet was just a couple of years above me oh, oh. okay and um, <laughs> uh, British India was a couple of years below me I think nice. <laughs> okay yeah yeah I was in a real cultural yeah. wasteland in between them <laughs> well some of the other bands that the the guys in Exploding Hearts were also in were bands called the Silver Kings Fu oh that's good the Spider Babies oh 
The Bedpans. <laughs> and the last one was called Coco Cobra and the Killers. Oh, that's my favourite. <laughs> yeah. But the Exploding Hearts, they're different entirely. Where all the other bands were, they had more of a garage rock kind of feel to it. This new band was all power, pop and punk. Heavily influenced by bands like the Buzzcocks, the Undertones, the Only Ones, Nick Lowe and pretty much anything from the UK Stiff Records label. So we're going back to the punk era from the 70s there. So the force, first formation of the band was just Terry and Adam. And they called themselves the Teenage Faces because they've got the faces. Yes. And then they lost a member and they called themselves the Small Faces. And these guys are teenagers, so they called themselves the Teenage Faces. Okay. <laughs> but they quickly disbanded when Adam left Portland after he graduated and he moved to California. But while he was there, he'd call up Terry Six and the two of them would work on songs over the phone together. Okay. So with the idea of forming this new band, he moved back to Portland once the others had graduated high school and they rebranded the Teenage Faces to the Exploding Hearts. I like Exploding Hearts mm. as a name. It's a good band name, it's isn't really it? really good, yeah. 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 They got their instruments by either borrowing it from other guys around town or, and forgetting to give it back, that is. <laughs> or Matt's fir- Matt Fitzgerald, the bass player, rumoured uh, he sold pot and exchanged it for cool records. Like, so if you wanted pot, you'd go over with some cool records he might not know, and so he'd give you some. Uh, and he exchanged his bass guitar that way. So I mean, cool is quite subjective, isn't it? I could go over there with Dolly Parton and be like, well, this is pretty rad, and he'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> I was like, well, I actually think that's very cool. I actually so. think it's half a kilo's worth. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> if, I'm, if, I, if, I, if I could be honest. Yeah, he's got a ratio on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> How cool. He's got a coolometer. <laughs> yeah, coolometer. Like a first edition. He's like, well, that's worth it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So Adam and Terry, they live together in a place they called the Pink Palace. Because the building had a pink tyre swing hanging in the front yard. And each room was tagged with names such as Led Zepp, Dead Moon and Metallica. They were the three bedrooms. And this was the result of a spray paint war between Six and Cox. <laughs> and the kitchen was a salmon pink. And on the wall, they had spray painted the words, Guitar Romantic. That was on the wall of their kitchen, just they above their like fridge. They sound like a landlord's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but very cool. But, oh, God. Guitar Romantic. Guitar yeah. Romantic. Yeah. And style was very important to the band. And it mainly came from the direction of Adam Cox, who designed the Hearts look. So the White Stripes, they had the red and white and sometimes black. The Hives had their white suits. The Exploding Hearts, their signature colours were black, white, pink and neon yellow. And the guys took a do-it-yourself approach to their clothing. And one of Terry Six's favourite outfits was a pair of black leather pants, a ratty tank top and a leopard print women's jacket he got from the op shop that he dyed pink in the bath. (laughs) So it was a pink... Leather, like leather fur coat thing, kind yeah. of thing. Now he's ruined the bath as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has he ruined it or has he made <laughs> it way cooler? Yeah. <laughs> and the band, they all cut their own hair. Their style was a bit like what Matt's rocking. It was a bit like a shagged out mullet. Mm. That's what they were rocking. And this they is, sound awesome. <laughs> this is 2001, 2002. People weren't having mullets back then. I was, yeah, well, I was, but I know <laughs> others weren't. <laughs> Me and the Exploding Hearts. <laughs> As uh, Terry Six says, he goes, I don't recall any other band looking like us. We were pretty noticeable. Everything we had was shredded, safety pinned, or bleached the hell out of. We wanted to look really menacing, but also eye-catching. Menacing and eye-catching. The colours yeah. sound like licorice all sorts. Oh, yeah, Black, white, pink, and yellow, right? That's good. I like a licorice all sort. I like separating them all <laughs> like, with your teeth. That's how you eat them. I I'm, I'm want to go get some right now. Can we have a quick break? We'll do it after. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. <laughs> and they were eye-catching. The band were very eye-catching. People knew about them in Portland before they'd even played shows. They, these four were a gang. And then they started playing shows. And people in Portland 
hated them. <laughs> <laughs> they were considered a joke and the detractors thought they were all style over substance. Now, this was 2002. Okay, this was before the Portlandia kind of hipster boom and everyone was moving there to try and be artistic. This is when it was cool. It wasn't cool to dress up on stage at all. Like if you actually thought about what you're wearing on stage, that was like you were selling out. Now you just get up there and what you were wearing that day. That's mm. what you do. Uh, and this is when like pretty much the fashion important at the time was blue jeans and flannel. That's what everyone was wearing. And these guys were all flamboyant and colourful and very in your face. But a few people were intrigued by the band. Even though they didn't quite like the band, they were intrigued by them. And their shows were becoming legendary for the wrong reasons. Quite often the band would just fight each other on stage. They'd get into arguments with the audience, and one time, Adam Cox, the lead singer, had a few too many drinks before and during the show, <laughs> vomited on stage, and then rubbed the vomit in his hair and continued with the rest of the set. Oh. Okay. Matt, were you doing that as well with your mullet? No. Up until <laughs> rub it in his hair, I was like, this is my dream live show. <laughs> Just get wasted and throw up. <laughs> Did you ever see the band Matt the Fuck Fucks? Fuck Fucks? Yeah. What I, saw, I saw him at a festival somewhere. Yeah. I saw... I saw when I was a little, probably 18, come over from Tasmania to see the big day out, and they were on one of the smaller stages. And my friend went, oh, we'll just go and see what's on here. And the lead singer, Fred Negro, who's also a cartoonist, was the, he's the singer, he was wearing a little negligee that only went to his hips, and then he was banging his penis on the tambourine. That <laughs> 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 was too much for my little 18-year-old mind to comprehend. I can't handle <laughs> sure, he was getting a great rhythm out of it too. <laughs> when you said it did only went to his hips, I didn't know if you meant up, for, no, up, like up to his hips or down to his yeah. hips. Well, I was hoping for up to his hips. hips down. <laughs> okay, but the industry people were beginning to notice the band too. And they picked up a manager at the time called Rachel Ramos. And promoters were coming to check them out to see if they would put them on at their um, uh, places. Label people and even the drummer from Slater Kinney, Janet Weiss, would come and check out the early shows. It was a bit of a, like, let's go sticky beak at what these young guys mm. are doing. It's a bit of intrigue. Yeah. But one guy who was super intrigued was a guy called King Louis Bankston. 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 Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> what about now, King? Yeah. <laughs> King Louis. <laughs> <laughs> More interested in the bang. <laughs> now, King Louis was something of a Portland legend, having moved there from Louisiana. Now, he is a musician, and he has made over 53 albums. Whoa. And in Portland... The Exploding Hearts boys knew him as the guy who worked at the Ferris wheel and once let, left Terry Six hanging off the top of it for 45 minutes and before he let him down. <laughs> That's who they know Oh, you're the guy that fucked me up with the Ferris wheel. Yeah. They probably would have loved it yeah. by the sound of these guys. Yeah, well, they used to go there and drink and then ride all the rides. And then there was only one time they said they wouldn't let him on because they were too drunk. So what time? This is early 2000s now. Yeah. So a lot of those bands you mentioned before had already started or were about to? Slater Kinney were kind of, I think, 93, 94. I think they were first doing stuff. So they were already starting. Uh, so Elliot Smith had already been, like, around. He was still living at this time, uh, this stage. Right. When did he die? 2004, I think. Right. And the Decemberists were kind of starting up. Yeah. But they were all, all would have been around yeah. playing in bands. Yeah. And you're watching the Fuck Fucks. And I'm watching the Fuck Fucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one day, anyway, one day, Adam is at the skate park. And Louis, who's has who they know, because Louis was also uh, busking around town as a one man band. He would, would be the one man band, so the drum on the back, cymbals between his knees, guitar, <laughs> harmonica, all that kind of stuff. Louis was driving, saw Adam at the skate park, wound his window down, and said to Adam, who he recognised from playing in the Spider Babies, to get in the car. So Adam did. Okay. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get in the you wouldn't, car. You wouldn't get in the car with a one-man band? No. <laughs> He's still wearing He's the gear. He's flashing away. He's playing the tambourine with his penis. And King Louis drove him around and asked Adam if he could join his new band as the keyboard player and he had a song he'd written for them. Adam asked if he could hear it, thinking he may have a demo in the car, but instead of putting a tape on, King Louis just took his hands off the steering wheel, <laughs> started drumming on the steering wheel and did the guitar line with his mouth and he stopped the guitar to start singing. <laughs> so he went, dun, do 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 dun, 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 do 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 I'm a pretender at the game of love, need somebody help me shout at my heart. And amazingly, Adam loved it and invited the guy to join the band as their keyboard player. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now, King Louis is one of life's true eccentrics, and you could fill a whole episode just with King Louis stories, but I'll just tell you one more. Okay, so King Louis, he left the band after a year. He was only in the band for a year. Moved to New Orleans, where he'd been living on and off for years. He was also living there in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina happened, and this is the story of how he survived Hurricane Katrina. So he was living with his girlfriend at the time, and when the hurricane hit, they were inside, and the floodwaters were rapidly rising. So they thought they were safe inside until they realised the water was now quite high and they need to reach higher ground. So armed with a chainsaw, Louis cut a hole in his ceiling and that was the only way they could they escaped onto the roof. Because he cut a chainsaw. So he, oh he took his dog and his girlfriend and they got whatever they could up on the roof. The water was still rising so they had to get even higher and so they climbed over to the neighbor's roof which was higher and they the water was still rising. And they thought that we're in trouble here. And then out on the distance they saw her brother come in a kayak what? he had a canoe <clears throat> so he was canoeing but the canoe could only take one person so king louis being quite chivalrous he said all right women and children first so his girlfriend went with her brother they floated down and then he was waiting there for the brother to come back while he was waiting there because all the rivers were flooding and in uh, new orleans snakes live in the rivers and there's this type of snake called the moccasin and so the moccasins were all coming and they were kind of just swimming through the roofs and he was getting bitten by <coughs> moccasins, like snakes, because <laughs> they were trying to bite his dog. So he, he had to, have, like King Louis had one, uh, his dog under one arm, he had an oar in the other hand and he was bashing off snakes until the brother finally came oh and then he got rescued. God. And he's still alive. Like he, he, he survived Hurricane Katrina. And the dog? I don't know if the dog's still alive. It was 2005. It survived the night, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that dog is now the world's <laughs> oldest. <laughs> Whoa. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Wow. King Louis. King Louis Bankston. Chainsawing through your own roof. Block. I know. Yeah. I kind of, I had a moment there where I was like, if I'm stuck in floodwaters, it wouldn't be a shock to me for my brother to arrive on a kayak, to be <laughs> honest. He's just got that kind of energy and he'd just be so casual about it. He'd be like, get in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shut up. Don't tell mum. Get in together. Yeah. It has that kind of vibe while he's doing something very heroic. <laughs> so now, just like the Strokes, they have their older, more experienced producer, Gordon Raphael, who recorded their first two albums and helped them find their sound. Do you know why they got they stopped using him, by the way? I'm, yeah. I'm a big Strokes fan. But apparently, they were on this, the Spider-Man soundtrack. And their song was just before the Hive song, Hate to Say I Told You So. And when they heard their song and then heard the Hive song, they were like, oh, our song sounds like really tinny and weak compared to the Hive. So we need to up our production values. Ah. And they've never had an album as good as the first right, two. Right, isn't that the whole point? Didn't they like like run vocals through a guitar amp and then record the amp, all that sort of stuff to try and sound yeah. like tinny and shit? I like the know. drums are like recorded by like a microphone like seven meters away <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hear a properly produced record. We yeah. should sound like that. That's, <laughs> That's the opposite the sound. Man, did, did you mean that they had no idea why they were successful? 
Uh, no, th- I think they just would like, if we're going to be on other like compilation albums, our songs aren't going to sound as big as the other bands. Right. I don't know. Huh. I guess it's always that thing when you start playing bigger venues. Like mm. Kings of Leon are a good one for this. After like three albums, I went, oh, we need to sound like you 2 now instead of a garage band. Anyway. The Strokes had Gordon Raphael. The Exploding Hearts have part-time Ferris Wall operator King Louis to help them find their sound. <laughs> but not all the band were on board straight away. I mean, the band were doing fine without King Louis. It'd be like if, Dave, you come to Do Go On and you're like, hey, I've got a, I've got a new member of the band. He's a Ferris Wall operator. He's gonna, <laughs> I met him in the car. He did a podcast at me. Uh, <laughs> He's going to change our sound. <laughs> yeah. In a big way. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> so the first full band practice with Louis. Louis, who walked in eating a Dagwood dog and had, because uh, he'd just finished work. Straight from the show. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and he had three beers under his arm. Uh, the other member was like, okay, I've heard you got a song for us. And this time, with an actual instrument, he played the song I'm a Pretender and the band were like, yep, you're in. Wow. Yeah. So this was a song that Louis had been had, he had for a while. And he actually tried to sell it to a, a, another band who said, nah, we're more into the more garage rock kind of sound. But he'd been recording it now. I don't know if you know the band Big Star. No. no. Uh, the lead singer of Big Star, Alex Chilton, recorded some of... Uh, King Louis's previous work, and he played him this song, and Alex Chilton said that that's a hit. That you've written a, a hit record there, King Louis, but it's he didn't want to record himself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, but one of the things that Louis brought to the band was he was adamant that the band's lyrics had to be honest and heartfelt, which juxtaposed the spikiness of the music. And once they figured out this, they bunkered down the right songs for the first album, which they called "Guitar Romantic." Ah, oh, callback. To the kitchen, the, yeah. Dave. The kitchen. Yes, the thing you of thought course. was cool in the kitchen. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking they're going to call it Pink Palace for sure. <laughs> Pink Palace. <laughs> Guitar Romantic. Okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking they'd go Greatest Hits. Oh, that's <laughs> That's good. always bold for the first <laughs> album, isn't it? Greatest Hits Volume 1. I like when a band is like four albums in and then they just have a self-titled album. And you're yeah. Like, nice. Yep. So Metallica did. I think Ballpark. Five Albums in? Yeah. yeah. You you or my did like five, six albums in? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Love that. Blink-182. Blink-182. Yeah. It's like a reset or we can't think of an album title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Beatles did it a fair way in. The band Wings could have been. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The band The Beatles could have been. So in 2002, the Hearts went into the studio to record their first full-length album. The group recorded all the tracks within a two-week period with local producer Pat Kearns in a small setup known as Studio 13. And the band said, we didn't spend too much time on it. That's what we liked about it. We didn't have to try. We already had the songs. Just go in there, record them, get out. Mm. So discussing all their influences before recording, they include the obvious ones that I've already mentioned, like Buzzcocks, Undertones, all that kind of stuff. But they also mentioned, which Pat Kearns found intriguing, the Supremes. Oh. Yeah. So Pat and the band made a conscious effort to balance the buzzsaw grit of early punk music with Phil Spector's Wall of Sound production to give it a more polished sound. So... Phil Kern says punk music was just so hard on its edges and didn't have the tenderness. And he'd often encourage Cox to sing like Diana Ross. And as he was singing, he'd yell out from the control room, less punk, more Diana. <laughs> Can you hear that in the background of the recording? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> now, after finishing the recording uh, and having written seven of the songs uh, and helping them find their sound, King Louis leaves the band and moves back down to New Orleans, although the door is all still open. Or you can come and join the band whenever you want. Play keyboards, whatever you want to do. And they even joke, you don't, we don't have to turn the keyboards on. You can just come and play. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they like him. Yeah, they love him. 
So released on April 1, April Fool's Day, 2003, on Screaming Apple Records. Punk fans around the country immediately took notice. Ten songs, ten songs only. It's finished in 28 and a half minutes. And the opening track, Modern Kicks, is a classic. And King Louie, Panned Omra Pretender, comes straight after that. Wow. And it sounds so much better than it did in the car. On the <laughs> <laughs> and this is a side note. So in April in 2003, these are some of the other bands that, came, that released albums in that time. So it's just, it's just... So the White Stripes released Elephant. Yeah, Yeah's released Fever to Tell. The Black Keys released Thick Freakness. And the Kills released Keep on Your Mean Side. Wow. So it's huge. Like all those bands are still doing stuff today. So it's like huge. Okay. So the entire 1,000 copies of Guitar Romantic sell out in two days. They get rid of all. But in Portland... Not as popular. At the album release show, the band didn't sell a single record. And as the band said, Portland didn't give a shit. <laughs> Nobody respected us or cared about us. And in an interview in t- 2013, Terry Six said, for every diehard, there were like 10 people who fucking hated us. Okay? So it's not quite the right ratio, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want one yeah, in you ten. Want the other way around. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, something about... <laughs> The people in the town knowing them. Yeah. yeah just going <laughs> the rest of the country's like, we like the music and we don't know their fuckheads. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the group's national buzz is reaching a high point when Pitchfork, the online mm. uh, music site, praised Guitar Romantic and critic Matt LeMay gave it 8.8 out of 10 and added it to the site's best new, mu- new music page and calling it simply a fucking awesome power pop record and remarking that the Exploding Hearts are the best punk band to come along in a long time, maybe since the original wave. Whoa. And he ends the review by saying the Exploding Hearts have released an album that is, at its core, ageless. Wow. Yeah, it's big, big. Co- now, I, I, have, I don't know if you read Pitchfork. I have a weird love-hate affair. I like Pitchfork because they've introduced me to a lot of bands. I don't like Pitchfork because I, I feel they're... Oh, they have uh, one of the best reviews ever, and I know these are your old school buddies, but Jet's second album, do you know what they did for how they reviewed it? <laughs> how? They I just, should say I never met them. <laughs> don't know them. You're, you're, you're good pals. <laughs> they reviewed Jet's second album by just putting a, a video of a monkey pissing in its own mouth. <laughs> that was the whole that's review. That's incredible. Yeah. It was a dog shit album. Was well, it really? That's, the, that's probably that? the second oh, best. The best review I ever read was in NME when they reviewed George Michael's <laughs> Listen Without Prejudice and they just reviewed it, Listen Without Speakers. <laughs> that's, <laughs> wow. that's a very good review. Dave's a big George fan. Do you like George Michael? Well, they are too as now. They've come out and said it's a great album. Well, so. there you go. Hippotrix. I was just going to say, Pitchfork are often, they're quite revisionist too, aren't they? Yes. They bag the shit out of something and then 20 years later be like, one of the best 50 albums of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's funny. It's that, that's music criticism like yeah. down to a T. They do it all the time. They I don't get, like, because I think... It, they're a genera- often the critics are a generation out. So then the people who come up with the music, they ended up reviewing it and they revise it. They're like, no, that was sick. Yeah, yeah. well, that was they the did, best. It wasn't for those old this reviewers. This changed my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I was 15. Yeah. What I don't like about those sites like NME, Pitchfork and all that, where they build the band up and then they're like, now we're going to cut them down. Oh. And it's that thing of like, hang on, you guys were the ones that said that this sounds great and then yeah. they recorded it and you're like, no, nah, we're over there. Yeah, now. they've done something similar. Yeah. <laughs> and you, Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that sort of stuff, but I also do. It is a way to find music for sure. Yeah, I'm also very interested in eight eight point eight out of ten. I know. I'd love to know his scoring system. Yep. Eight point eight. I I find all the numbered scoring star st- star rating is yeah, so weird. It's really like, hard. This is good or this is not good. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I if like you like it, this, you like, like this. Yeah. Yeah. According to me. Yeah. This is what I, other things I like. Yeah. If you like these things, <laughs> yeah, you, you might also like this. <laughs> It's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, any mm. of that stuff. Okay, so now with the good Unless press. Unless I get a 
high school. Yeah. In which case they <laughs> are a very good reviewer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get a lot of respect. I haven't had to worry about that so far, but <laughs> <laughs> now the good press, the band are headed on an American summer. Uh head out on the road in twenty oh three they have some very cool opportunities. So they're asked to support UK punk legends, the Buzzcocks, oh. when they come to Portland. Plus, they're asked to perform at the Harvard Lampoon at their graduation party, which sounds like a weird gig, but it is quite a prestigious gig. In 2002, the act who plays the Harvard Lampoon graduation was Conan O'Brien. Oh, shit. And the year before that, The Strokes. Wow. So it was at this gig that their manager, Rachel Ramos, talked about how she knew that she had a band that was pretty special. The entire crowd at the Harvard Lampoon on the other side of the country knew every word to every single song, and these weren't punks. These were college kids, and they were Harvard college kids at that. And the band knew they were onto something, and they had mass crossover appeal that would be timeless. As they looked around the walls of the Lampoon, and they had portraits of all the past performers there. So they had Bill Murray, John Belushi, Conan, The Strokes, and then they had a portrait of their album, Guitar Romantic, on the wall as well. And they thought, that's it, we're going to audition for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> this is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a comic <laughs> genius. <laughs> They'll m- probably do Weekend Update, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the tail end of this trip uh, to Boston, the band had some shows booked in San Francisco and the other side of the country at a venue called The Bottom of the Hill, which they had tried to play before the album came out and they booked them and then had to cancel them because no one had bought tickets. This time they'd put two shows on and they'd sold out instantly. Okay, So the band was now hyped. And with these two legendary shows at The Bottom of the Hill, they were riding high. And after playing the second show, they did an impromptu show at another bar called The Parkside. And during the show, the bar went pa- the band went past the bar's curfew. And so they pulled the PA and the band were undeterred and just kept on playing <laughs> their instruments. So all you could hear was the drums really because they cut the drums off. And the crowd sang along with every word. Wow. They were like, we know. And so uh, to get them, like, it was kind of back in the days when... King Louis was doing a cappella at them. Uh, <laughs> but to get them out of the venue, the bar manager gave them all their money, said, here's your cash and a couple of bottles of booze, and the band went, all right, we're off. Okay. It's starting to sound like this band was. You yeah. said they never was. Well, wait for it. There's a twist. <laughs> okay, the next day, <gasps> this was all dream. a dream. <laughs> 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 and then they woke up. The next day, Brutal. before they left, they have a meeting with a label called Lookout Records. Now, who had seen, they'd been to the Bottom of the Hill shows, and they were very impressed with what they had seen. Now, this was the label most famous for releasing the first albums from the bands Green Day and Rancid. And Lookout seemed very interested. And they were the band's dream label. That's what they wanted to be on. Like They, wanted, they were on the Screaming Apple. They were with Dirt Nap Records for a bit. They wanted to be on Lookout Records. Uh, and because their other dream was they wanted to uh, play with the Donners. They were a big fan of the band The Donners. Arnie Donner. Oh, Arnie Donner. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. and, Skin uh, tight, baby, all right. Yeah, and so Lookout had Arnie Donner, not Arnie Donner, Lookout had the Donners. <laughs> <laughs> Lookout wished they had Arnie Donner. <laughs> the Donners had just left for a big label, I think it was Interscope, but they were still on good terms with Lookout, and so Lookout was saying, they're about to go on national tour, Exploding Hearts, you can be the support. So they were super, super excited. Awesome. Other bands on the label at the time were Ted Leo and the ph- Pharmacist. Do you know Ted Leo and the Pharmacist? Uh, Pretty Girls Make Graves. Do you know Pretty Girls Make yep. Graves? And The Pattern. These are th- three very good bands. You should, you should look them up. They're very Named good after the Smiths lyric? Uh, Pretty Girls Make Graves, yes. Mm. Yes, they were. Yeah. So on the evening of July 19, the band headed back home to Portland. 
a 10-hour trip, 960 kilometres, winding through mountains. After driving hours and hours, they reached the outskirts of Oregon where they stopped in a bar that was frequented by country people and bikers who did not appreciate the look of the boys in their pink and yellow <laughs> and fur coats. Now, I'm not sure what happened in the bar, but the band got kicked out and decided to trash the front fence of the bar as they left to try and find somewhere to park the van and sleep. So after a couple of hours sleeping, Matt Fitzgerald decides it's time to keep moving. He starts the car up and starts driving home. Oh, no. Now, just north of Eugene, about 100 minutes away from Portland, Fitzgerald veered onto the gravel on the left side of the road and lost control of the van. Authorities reported that Fitzgerald most likely overcorrected when he attempted to steer the van back toward the highway, causing it to roll multiple times. Oh, gosh. Terry Six says of the accident, it felt like it was a joke. And his first thoughts as they were rolling was, God damn it, now I have to walk all the way home. (laughs) When it came to a stop, though, the damage was a lot more significant. Along with all the instruments and equipment, Cox, so Adam Cox, Jeremy Gage and Matt Fitzgerald had all been thrown from the car. And Terry says, I saw our life and our friends and just everything destroyed on the side of the road. So Adam Cox, 23, and Jeremy Gage, 21, died at the scene. Fuck. Matt Fitzgerald, who was only 20, he died in hospital shortly after. Oh, my God. So six, uh, Terry Six and Rachel Ramos, the uh, uh, manager, were the only two wearing seatbelts. They were treated for minor injuries and released from hospital that day. It rolled multiple times. Multiple times. And they were treated for minor injuries. Jesus, that's a good ad for seatbelts. Totally. (laughs) How lucky were they? You know, like, you can draw a line in being punk and being too punk. Like, (laughs) seatbelt is okay, guys. We're not judging you. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, I think may may have been. I know Matt was driving, but the others were sleeping. I think. Yeah, right. So the I'm, back. I'm not Maybe. sure. Yep. Oh no. So July 20 was when uh, families and close friends were alerted about what had happened. So that year, Pitchfork names the Guitar Romantic the 14th best album of the year. Which, if you look at the albums in 2003, is very impressive. So a lot like Outkast, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, The Strokes, all oh, those shit. bands, yeah, all released bands, big okay. names. In September 2009, Pitchfork ranked the album number number 60 on the list of top 200 albums of the 2000s. And around the same time, uh, Bobby Martinez, who interviewed the Hearts for the, the zine Maximum Rock and Roll, he was working at a record shop called 1234 Go Records in Oakland when Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong came in and asked if they had Guitar Romantic. And a few months later, at a concert, Green Day played a cover of the song Modern Kicks at a secret club show. Also, that song has been voted... Ranked 290 on Pitchfork's top 500 tracks of the 2000s. I know Modern Kicks. Do I, do I know it because of you? Why do I Maybe, know? yeah. I like it. You used to make me mixtapes when you were courting me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to smooch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to be so lucky. So Terry Six, the only surviving member, is uh, quite understandably traumatised uh, from yeah. the experience and very rarely does interviews. Like he's done like three or four in the past and that's about it. About that's And fair. where he talks about the band, yep. Just everything like, yeah, not just your friends have died, but his whole life. Yeah. Like they were, it sounds like they were just on a trajectory going skywards. Yeah, yeah. yeah felt unstoppable probably. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously your friends dying is the worst part, but... Every, your whole life's gone. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be tough to recover from. So uh, he's, he's been in a few bands. So he was in a band called The Nice Boys. And then in 2018, he teamed up with his old Ferris wheel operator friend <gasps> himself, King Louie, and they released an album called uh, Terry and Louie. And when they play live, they actually play Exploding Heart songs. Oh, nice. Yeah. There is a documentary in the works. It was supposed to be finished in 2019, but as of yet, no release date's been confirmed. But the trailer for it is up on YouTube, if you want to go and look at the trailer. 
Uh, also in 2006, a compilation album of early demos, because they only released the one album, but they were working on the second album. And so there's a couple of finished songs and a couple of early demos from uh, the first album. And the new songs are brilliant. Like, they clearly wow. are going to go, yeah, this is not just a one-hit wonder. These guys know how to write a song. Wow. And the album's called Shattered. It's not on Spotify, but it is on YouTube. If you want to listen to that, Guitar Romantic is on Spotify. I'd listen to that one first. Yeah, for sure. I'm keen to check it out now. Yeah. yeah. So I was alerted to this band uh, by my friend Brenda Maloney, who mm-hmm. people in Melbourne might know, he used to run Crab Lab. And he said, listen to the album, but don't Google them. Whatever you do, do not Google this band before you've listened to the music. And I thought, oh, they're horrible. Like they've murdered oh, people. Yeah. They've been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like Charles Manson kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, and now I'm just sad. So, you, But did you follow his advice and listen to the music first? Yeah, I did, yeah. Because I'd hear that and be like, I've got to Google this yeah, guy. Yeah, I probably would too, yeah. Oh, and then so you, you listened, you loved it. I and loved then it. And then I was sad. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so that is the tale of the Exploding Hearts. Four friends who found each other when everyone else thought they were weird, who made songs that their peers didn't get, and who, through tragedy, didn't get to see the rest of the world catch up. The band that could have been, and the young men that never got a chance to. Oh, wow. Great story. The but end. Jeez, that is a sad story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's actually, it's. I don't know if it's better or worse to hear that the music they were working on for a second album was great. Yeah. I think it's worse. Yeah. Is it worse because they were great rather than the world a one hit one? Yeah, the, what they they could have been, they could have still be going, you know, and still be a really big band now. Yeah, it sounds like they probably would have been. Yeah, right? I mean, I think so. Like that first album, it's one of those things though. When you a band like that, you go, oh, is the story what makes people? love the album more now or is it the music but yeah. i listened to the music first and i was like no, no this is yeah, really really good that's a good you know good sign yeah yeah but i yeah i don't know I, I i hope they would be but it's that thing like how many how many albums does a band like that have in it yeah it's mm. like three four and then you start going okay now you got to do something new yeah, yeah. that's fair too yeah, yeah. Wow, what a story. What do you think um, Portland now claim them as? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they do. Out. So they, uh, <laughs> there was a local radio station who uh, would play them and have them do live to airs, but not everyone was fans. But then, it, this is on YouTube as well, they do a like memorial show the Friday after they died and um, people are calling in with th- with their memories and it's, it goes for an hour and they play like some early demos and they have people, uh, Rachel, the manager, rings in. That's where I got a lot of the information from oh, her wow. side of the story in there. And uh, yeah, but there's there's very little on um, online. I was reading like people who went to their high school's blogs about <laughs> it. And yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, so. It's interesting. Well, maybe the new doco will change all that. Hopefully, yeah. What, why did the town dislike them so much? It was just they didn't get it. I think, yeah, it was at that time, it's like, I guess if you kind of wear kind of garage rock and these guys are all about power pop kind of like no we like poppy stuff and we're singing about girls and heartbreak and stuff yeah. like that they're like oh what is is this a, a joke band? and then also dressing like they're out of like a a casting agents what an idea of punkies you know in <laughs> yeah, stranger yeah. things season two where it's like oh <laughs> the punks it's like that's what they were kind of dressed like but with pink <laughs> pink and neon yellow that's yeah that's fu- that is funny it's funny when um, like a music, it's such a, it's, you think of music as being a place for rebel, rebelliousness, yeah. but it really isn't so often. Yeah. But I also think it must be tedious. Like when those punks are like, yeah, cause y- you look at all the punks now from the seventies. So John Lydon, who's like now just a conservative idiot. Like he just, these guys who are like, I just like to be contrary. So in the seventies being contrary was like kicking against authority. Yeah. And now when they're rich, they're contrary and they're like, 
No, the youth are hopeless. <laughs> They're dumb. It's like, oh, it's like, shut up, you old idiot. <laughs> Just like the youth kind of like do what they want to do, like in terms of like do what exactly what you did. Like, yeah. yeah. Such a G-rated way to um, tell someone off, but yeah. it also is, it hits so hard, you know. Shut up, you old idiot. <laughs> you can use that on Matt. <laughs> Thank you. I did find that, yeah, I find nostalgia so funny like that when people don't realise that they're doing the exact yeah. thing they hated as kids. Yeah. It's just every generation does it. so silly. Mm. Yeah. You old idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you old idiots. Wow, what a story. Josh, and thank you so much. That was a great report. Honestly, that yeah, I've got to say, um, I said it would be great. And it was. <laughs> Yay. Honestly, that was a really good story. Uh, obviously, tragic at the end. Yes. I know. It's but I didn't know any of that. No. So, and I didn't know anything about the Malice in the Palace last time. There so you go. I've thought about it a lot since. So. So, so all I want is listeners to go and listen to the band. Listen to that album. Yeah. Go to Spotify. Listen to but it. But don't, don't Google them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't look, Don't look it up. Don't look it up. at the start <laughs> saying, hey, let's just uh, type in the name of this report into yeah. <laughs> in Spotify first. <laughs> and let, Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. Tag Josh in on Twitter. Yeah, just the good ones. Yeah. Just yeah. tag me in the good ones. If you've got some fucked opinions, maybe leave Josh out of it. <laughs> and if, if, if stuff, if you are aware of this band, there's stuff I've got wrong. Uh, I, I, I tried very hard, but there's very f- there's very few, uh, inf- very little information. Alice yeah. is pretty good with not... I'm actually us. So. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're safe. Uh, so, again, we can see your live stand-up show talks. Yes, August 4, and then it's going to be filmed. And then if you're in other parts of the world, you can you can see it somewhere else. I don't know what when, though. And also my podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am? It's out every single Thursday. You, got well, you three have all been on it. Yes, yeah. it's one of the greats. We love, love it. We all podcast. love being on it. We all love listening to it. So I have to make little notes in my phone quite frequently, <laughs> like when I think of stories, because I know whenever I get that message from Josh, I'm delighted, and then I'm like... Fuck, now I've got to think of stories <laughs> about myself. I haven't, I haven't and I'm a about boring before. person. So basically you get four funny people uh, from all walks of life. M- yep. Most are comedians, but all, you've also had a music episode as well. Which I've had a, a, couple of, a couple of musicians like Tim Rogers from UMI, mm. Andy Falcus from McCluskey, uh, Bob Evans from Jebediah. Lots of people. Yeah. And then you quiz them about their own lives. And it's basically, I've heard you describe it before, as an excuse for people to tell their best stories. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, and Damien Cowell from Tism. I did. Yep. He was on with Hannah Gadsby, Sean McAuliffe and David Quirk. Wild. Wild What, wild a, line up. what <laughs> an absolute so dream good. team. Yeah, you've had so many yeah, cracking episodes. And so then yeah. you had us three on one time. So that's yeah. pretty good too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The highs and lows of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check out Don't You Know Who I Am, Josh Earl. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey team, just Dave here letting you know that this week's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now I use ExpressVPN on all my devices and it's great because it protects my privacy. But an absolutely sweet bonus of ExpressVPN is that you can use it to unlock movies and TV shows that are only available in other countries. I mean, sure, I'm an Australian using Australian Netflix, but if I fire up ExpressVPN, I can watch UK Netflix. And I've been watching comedy classic Black Adder this month. So good. Can never quite work out if season two or three is my favorite, but I absolutely love that show. And I've been watching it on the UK Netflix. And the way it works is ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites or apps to think you are located. Super easy, even if, like me, you're not an absolute tech wizard. All you do is open up the ExpressVPN app, select a location, you tap one button to connect, and refresh the page to access thousands of new TV shows and movies. I pull it up and I go, I don't want to be in Australia anymore, I want to pretend I'm in London. Bang. 
And it's not just the UK, you can choose from almost 100 different countries. You can watch anime stuff, the Studio Ghibli films are on UK Netflix. You can watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. You can watch Rick and Morty on the French Netflix. If you're like, mate, but I am in the UK, I already got this stuff. Well, let's swap places, you can pretend to be in Australia and watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on the Australian Netflix. You scratch my back with Blackadder, I'll scratch your back with a bit of Fresh Prince. Super easy to use, no buffering or lag, you chuck it on your phone, your laptop, smart TVs, you name it. And right now, if you go to expressvpn.com slash on, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash on. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash on. Get three months extra for free. Nah, you're right. I think it's Blackadder 2. That's my one. Blackadder the second. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website to make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred two? It goes all the way to one hundred two. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next-generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow, like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. Uh, now that Josh is gone, uh, Dave, he just won't do Patreon reads with him in the room. I don't know what it is. Something, Dave's shy. He's shy. shy and that's okay. Yeah, I don't like reading out names with people looking at me. I make, I make even you guys look away. Yes. It's true. <laughs> uh, but we really appreciate Josh coming in. Um, now that he's gone, uh, let me tell you, never really liked Limbiscuit anyway. And uh, <laughs> no, nah, I really did. And... Um, all, all those bands you mentioned, I knew them all. Yes. I just yes. pretended some of them I didn't. I didn't want to seem like a nerd. No. Yeah, big fan of the iguanas. 
Yeah, Big I knew stuff, Iggy Pop. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, about I knew him. that. Yeah, Snap Crackle Pop. We know all you need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're now up to everyone's favourite section of the show, where we thank a bunch of our Patreons. <laughs> it starts with a, a little part called Fat Quote or Question. It has a little jingle goes like this: Fat Quote or Question. He always remembers the ding. And uh, in this section, we thank. Sorry, section. Section. <laughs> it's a segment and a section. Yeah, please. Seg- it's our section. Sometimes I don't know which way I'm going to go on a word, and then halfway through, Cover. I zig when you think I'm going to zag. Yeah, but it covers both bases here. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, and yeah, you can get involved at patreon.com/slash do go on pod or do go on pod.com, and you can uh, join up on all sorts of different levels. It explains it all there. Depending on the level, you get different kind of rewards. The higher up you go, the more rewards you get. Classic pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying that right? That's right. The top reward is our kidneys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the... Um, oh, Dave, tell us about some of the rewards you can get. Well, three bonus episodes per month. Nearly every week you're getting an extra episode of Us In Your Ears, including bonus reports on often requested topics. We've done the Stanford Prison Experiment, Stockholm Syndrome, uh, the Fantastic Olympic Marathon <laughs> episode. MK Ultra. Yeah, lots, lots of stuff that people are often requesting that we thought, you know what, let's make this a sweet little bonus. And uh, also an episode of our Brendan Fraser-themed podcast, Phrasing the Bar, and, and something else a month, a little little quiz or perhaps a, a book from my childhood that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> One that all have just come out will be a, uh, a little show that I'm piloting on, on the Patri- for the Patreon listeners, uh, Who Knew It With Matt Stewart, a quiz show. With Dave and Jess, where the contestants uh, write the answer. We haven't figured out the... Still in the pilot stage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a, a listener suggested, I say, um, where the contestants write the wrongs. Write the wrongs or something. Right, I'll, I'll, he wrote it better. All right. Um, I think it, that probably sell. works written down. Write the wrongs. Yes, exactly. That, yeah, but right. you'd have to have some sort of... Infographic come up during the podcast, which is obviously <laughs> impossible. It's, it's for now. Or you say, write, write the wrongs. W R I T E, the wrongs, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's catchy. W R I T E, the W R O N Gs. And this is why it's still at pilot stage, still uh, ironing out some kinks. There's something in there, though. Yes, There's something in there. I mean, we, you don't maybe have the title down, Pat, but the, the, sh- the way the show runs, very fun. Oh, I've got to say. Good fun time. Um, so, uh, this first one we're going to do today, though, is the fat quote or question section, which you might know from the jingle you heard moments ago. <laughs> uh, and in this, if uh, you support us on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Memorial, rest in peace, level, you get to give us a fact or quote or question. You also get to give us, uh, or give yourself a title, and we read out four of these each week. I read them out for the first time on the pod, so uh, bear with me. The first one comes from Daniel Headley who's given himself the title of Resident Dickhead of the Pod. Okay. Huh. Someone had to do it. I've just been bumped out of my <laughs> posse. That, I'm sure we've read that before because we've both made that exact joke before as well. So um, Daniel Headley has kept his, his title the same to keep us arguing about it. <laughs> and I respect that. That it's does right. make him a dickhead. It's a real conversation starter. <laughs> <laughs> it's also possible I'm just reading out last week's again. We'll find out in no, a second, no, no, I guess. No, no, I'm talking months okay, ago. Okay, great. Like, it's happened a couple of times. All right. Uh, Daniel has given us a fact. It's one of the three options. Yes. Facts, quotes, I love or a questions. fact. And we also get to assign whether it's fun. Yes. 
grim or what, what am I, dull? Yeah. I'm, I think I'm dull facts. Dull That's facts. Nice. Yeah. facts. Right, the three what am I, dull? Yeah. That's what a dull person would ask. Yeah. Yes, uh, dull yes people I would. aren't that aware. <laughs> uh, so Daniel writes, this is fact. Pad kid poured curd pulled cod was dubbed the most difficult tough twister by researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. I'm guessing that's supposed to be tongue twister, but you also just nailed it. Say it again. Said, try saying that quickly ten times. All right. Pad kid poured curd pulled cod. 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 Nah, that is too hard. <laughs> What's a pad kid? Pad kid poured curd pulled cod. Pad kid poured curd. I don't think any. That's. I think the rest of it doesn't make a lot of sense either. Right. Pad kid. I still. I did enjoy using. I guess that. it's like a kid made of pillows. Right. Or exercise books. Uh, thank you so much, Daniel Headley. He really set you up like a dickhead there. <laughs> Man, you look like quite the dickhead. What a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, try to catch me out. A few people do the tongue twisters, and I think I nearly never fuck them up. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I would expect to. It's probably because I don't know they're coming. Yeah. If it was like, hey, try on this tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're just reading the words that are there, you just read the words that are exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I can't say segment or section, but I can <laughs> say <laughs> unique New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Matthew Bohr, who's given himself the title of former director of craft service and current campaign manager to change the Apple podcast blurb to a fact-based comedy podcast where once a week a table may or may not be seduced. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> thankfully, that's only happened in one episode out of nearly 300. <laughs> yeah, it's more, much more likely to may not. Uh, this, so, this is what Matthew writes. It's a quote. Hi, gang. Hey, we're a gang. Figured I would round out my fact quote or question triptych with a quote this week. Great. Apologies if it doesn't read well over pod, but it is my favorite movie line. Quote. July. Sorry, I'm late, Mr. President. <laughs> that's my favourite movie quote. I assume that's everybody's. What's that from? <laughs> Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> that Will Smith. After it's he's not Will Smith saying it. It's uh, it's Randy. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid, and he <laughs> flies his plane. He's a crop duster. He comes and saves the day. Sorry, I'm late, Mr. President. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the fact that you remember that makes me think you've seen that. More recently than when it was at the cinemas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jess was, what, six years old? <laughs> great movie for Sorry a I interrupted, but it's a great movie quote that was worth saying loudly. Love it, love it. All right, what's the favourite quote? Gelato isn't vegan? Vegan, please. It's milk and eggs, bitch. That's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Ah, okay, yeah, great. Gelato isn't vegan? It's milk and eggs, bitch. They're vegan police in that. I've I've seen that film. That rings a bell. It's a good film. Haven't seen it for a long time. I've never seen it. So. Oh, it's great. You'd like it. Thank you. Or not. I yeah, for some reason I thought gelato was vegan. You think you're like a, more of a sorbet? Maybe I'm thinking of a sorbet. Yeah. Uh, which I n always knew was a different thing <laughs> to gelato. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from... Thank you very much, Matthew. The next one comes from Maine Gallagher. And Maine has offered a fact... And this is the fact. Never pet parrots on their head or they'll want to fuck you. 
What? What? That's like a so parrots. 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 Birds can't groom their own heads. They groom each other's heads in mating season as part of the mating ritual. If you pet their head, their hormones will get very confused and often they will be aggressive and or possessive later because they are sexually frustrated. The more you know. Wow, you only make that mistake once. (laughs) When your parrot tries to hump you. (laughs) Wow. That's a a fact. All right. Pat. A, par- a parrot. Grim, fun, or dull? <laughs> I feel like it's not dull. But Dave, what do you think? No, that's not dull. No. Well, is there one that's just good advice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's just good advice. Useful, a useful fact. Uh, yeah, I think I'll be using that day to day from <laughs> now on. <laughs> I mean, it's only grim if the parrot humps you to death. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If it makes them so aggressive that it kills you, that's pretty grim. That's grim. Or you know, fucks itself to death. Yeah. As parrots have been known to do. How can we make this fun? Um, it can't be. Well, maybe you and the parrot. Yeah, that's right. We've what if you fall in love? love? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's more of a beautiful fact. That's a beautiful fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Heart which one of us is facts. doing beautiful facts? Oh, God. All right, can I do dull and beautiful? Let's I get Josh like back in they're here. They're contradictory. How can you do both of those? Fine, How can I you can be an expert fine. in both? I'll do dull and useful because useful <laughs> yeah, can also be dull. It's pretty dull. Dull. It can be dull and lovely. I've been to a few weddings. <laughs> it's lovely, but dull. Gosh, this is dull. It's a bit, Jeez, it's a bit about them. But isn't I love it? vanilla, actually. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we get it. You love each other. Yeah, okay. I look, and I love love. I should say that. I want to make that very clear. We get it. This day's all about you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How late will the tab go? <laughs> <laughs> Where is the cake? Uh, and the final one comes from Zach Dobrin, who's. Uh, oh, I forgot to say Maine's title. Maine's title is Chief saying, oh, at all pet picks, officer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You're going to want to head over to my Instagram. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Instagram.com slash chessperk. <laughs> finally, Zach Dobrin's title is Executive Reminder of the Day One quote. <laughs> <laughs> day, day One. <laughs> day One. Still don't understand. <laughs> Matt doesn't understand. What That's the best thinking? bit. But there He's was like, a listener know. who messaged in who said it totally made sense. They knew what I was talking <laughs> wow. about. They they didn't, yeah. They're off the wall. I <laughs> <laughs> um, remember sending I, that email. <laughs> what was that? I can't even remember what that episode was. For new listeners, at one point, I had a brain fade where I said, <laughs> day one with no context. Day one. <laughs> 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 and then it, it wasn't until much later in the episode I came clean that I... <laughs> Didn't know what I, I don't know what I did. I was embarrassed at the time, so I moved on. And then Dave and Jess were like, oh, thank God. Because we had no idea what you meant. <laughs> you were like, I just woke up and I was in here. <laughs> and we thank Zach for reminding us of this story. <laughs> Zach asks us a question. The question is, what is a must-have song on your wedding playlist? Speaking of bloody weddings, I'm getting married on June the 12th. Oh, last week. Happy honeymoon. Uh, yeah, congratulations. And our must-have is It's Been a Long, Long Time by Harry James. Cheers. I don't know if I know that song. No, I don't think I do either. My go-to, uh, and this is a song that I, I'm not getting married, but if I was to ever get married, I would walk down the aisle to Supertramp, Give a Little Bit. Give a little bit. Mm. Give a little bit of your love to me. Um. Uh, obviously, it's got to be It's Raining Men. <laughs> I want to change my answer. <laughs> For a s- split second, I thought you said mine's going to be Israeli men. 
Israeli men. <laughs> hey, I've got a tie. Weird Al's okay? in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Israeli men. That's pretty good, Weird Al. Hey, that, that's a gift for you. Israeli <laughs> men. Hey, man. That's um, funny. Uh, a great, lo- a lovely song. Oh, Dave, love you song. nailed it with It's Raining Men. Okay, I've got that. That's, that's my that's song. That's how the, uh, the groomsmen enter the uh, reception. <laughs> great love song. And I, yeah, I don't know, like, is this for the for the party after or when's this for? If it's just for a party, you just need floor fillers. You need That's scooter. What, uh, uh, you, you need, need Bora Bora Bora. Oh, That's what you need. Like a, you need earth, wind and fire. Quando, yes. quando, quando. <laughs> Anything from Engelbert, Humperdinck. Yeah, obviously, yes. Gimme, 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 a man after midnight. Oh, that's a great one. Anything ABBA, yeah. Anything with three Except words repeated. Except the sad ones. <laughs> Don't All, do the sad A lot of men songs for you too, Dave. Yeah. Man, it's raining men. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man gimme, gimme after, gimme midnight. after midnight. Macho, macho man. Yeah. Israeli men, of Israeli course. Is your cover, cover of it. <laughs> uh, I can't, I'm blanking. That's I can't, all right. Uh, We've nailed it. What so. about um, Pet Shop Boys, uh, Peach Boys rather? God Only Knows. Great track. Great oh, line. yeah. That's Beautiful one of my song. all-time favourite tunes. Beautiful song. song. Beautiful. What about Modern Kicks by the Exploding Hearts? Okay. Oh, yes. Um, I've heard of that band. I know them. Yes. <laughs> well. Very well. Just don't Google them. Just don't look into what happened. <laughs> the honeymoon is over. The cruel sea might probably not be quite appropriate. <laughs> the honeymoon is over. It hasn't even begun. Uh, what about "Live It Up" by Mental as Anything? Hey, A you there with the up. sad face? <laughs> Come up to my place and live it up. Nah, I'm not good at this. All right. Um, what about na 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 na? Baby, give it up, give it up, baby, give, give it up. up. What about that? Yeah, that's a good one. It's a great track. That's, that's a floor filler. That's a floor filler. Absolutely. What about Toxic by Britney Spears? <laughs> you laugh, but I nailed it. Can someone get the video clip and when it gets to that bit, cut out and cut to Jeff? Because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I thought I did a pretty good job there. <laughs> what about Love Stoned by... Jazzy T. That's a that's a, that's a is that a love song? Matt, please. Have you just can googled you love? You've googled love song. Can you just? You? Have no, I'm a just go looking at my recent playlist. Squeal. Okay. Can you do the toxic squeal, please? There you go. Now they've got all three. <laughs> that oh, that wasn't my serious attempt, though. Go on then. That's better. Did carry the last note a little bit longer? You'd be right. If someone someone's an editing whiz. <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us up to question uh, Phil answered. where we thank a few other of our great uh, supporters from the Patreon, from the Dugonpod.com. Uh, Jess normally has a little game based on the topic. I thought we could name their bands. Oh, name their band. Fantastic. Which I know seems like a bit... Is that a bit too obvious? Is that dull, Dave? No, I like it. I think that's fun because that's Exploding useful. Hearts is a fucking great band name. I like that a lot. And we heard so many... In today's report, so I reckon a band name, but I just want to make it very clear that none of the members of any of these bands are killed tragically in a car accident. Oh, okay, make that news. nice and clear. How are they killed tragically then? <laughs> Plane accidents. Oh, okay. That was another Big way you could style. go. <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't go there down that path. Uh, okay, well if I can kick it off, I'd love to thank from Tacoma in Washington in the United States, Sarah Castaneda. Hmm. Castaneda. Uh, and her band is the Seven Castanias. Oh, that's great. Is it a family band? Yes. 
Seven or Severed? Seven. Seven. It's a seven-piece band. Wow, I love that. Family band. Um, and what's, uh, what's Sarah or Sarah playing? Uh, lead vocals. Oh, and yeah. tambourine. Played with? Oh, hands. <laughs> hands. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Occasionally a hit against a hip. Oh, that's a good move. But no genitals involved. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a... It's a family-friendly band. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not like a Jackson Five type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No penises. <laughs> yeah. Sarah without an H. Sarah, or is it still Sarah? Sometimes it's Sarah. Sometimes it's Sarah. So it could be either there. Sarah Castaneda. Sarah Castaneda. I went to school. At, uh, two girls had that spelling, and one was Sarah, and one was Sarah. That's tricky. Absolutely not, man. It was, <laughs> and I was like, "You guys need to sort your shit out. Sort your shit out, guys." Okay, I will not Please. go to school with people for six years <laughs> having to remember how to pronounce your names correctly as you uh, want them. <laughs> so that's not up to me. Sort your shit out. <laughs> Come on, all right? We're gonna lock everyone's you in a room. name is Emily. Okay, I'm calling everyone Emily. <laughs> I'm still Jess. <laughs> I'm still Jess. I'm different. I'm special. Everybody else, Emily. <laughs> well, I am Emily. Well, no, you're Sarah. <laughs> God, this is confusing. <laughs> I was a real nightmare. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Sarah and or Sarah. Probably not and. And <laughs> I would also love to thank from Prospect in South Australia, Brent Hills Hayes. Hills oh, Hayes. That's great. That's an incredible hyphenated name. Hills Hayes. Hills what? Hayes. Hill, um, if my surname was Hill... Hills, my partner was Hayes. I'd be like, let's have some kids. We've nailed this. This is great. What about uh, Hills Hayes and the Kills Craze? Oh, rhymes.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've still got to come up with a rhyming title for this episode. No, I don't. The band that never was. The, ble- the bled that never blurs. <laughs> that, I don't think you quite understood the task. <laughs> what do you mean? Did that rhyme? So, I, I will expect a written apology from you okay. <laughs> in the coming weeks. Okay, we'll get on rhymesend.com. That'll sort us out. That's really good, Dave. Uh, finally, kills craze. Yeah, it's great. Finally, from me, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't read about this. <laughs> I'd love to thank from the woodlands in Texas in the United States, Sarah or Sarah Sumner. <laughs> what or are the Sumner. odds of that? S O S A R A again. What about? Something that mm, the stranded something, the stranded voice, the stranded voice. That's that sounds like an operatic metal sort of band. Yeah, or that that, my voice cutting my stranded my voice is stranded. Yes, Um, that sounds like an album title almost, doesn't it? Right, stranded voice. Maybe should be something else. Yeah, okay, well, John, John I had the holiday. idea. You added voice, and that yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, and, and then that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm giving it up. The I'm st- saying, oh, voice. Don't, don't stranded rats. I keep going to say stranded eight. Stranded rats is good. I like it. Stranded rats. That's better. My reasoning behind that is there is a band called Sumner, and their song is stranded, and it's really fucking good. It's great oh. reasoning. It's beautiful. Thank I love. You. I love to see the working out. Thank you. Also, Sting's real last name. Sumner. Really? Yeah. No, stranded rats. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Sting Stranded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's Sting's real name? Is uh, it Paul? G- Gordon. Oh, that's boring. Yeah. And sometimes you understand. I yeah. wanted it to be Paul, <laughs> which I thought was more. Something with a bit of pizzazz, <laughs> like Paul. You know. Can I thank some people as well? Oh, that would be so fantastic. I would love to thank from Brooklyn Park in South Australia. Gotcha. You thought America. Brooklyn Park. I'd love to thank Joe Walker. Joe Walker. The fantabulous Ooh. contraptions. Hello. 
Whoa. Oh, that's good. Almost a, a Simpsons reference there. Fan- Almost. Fantabulous yeah. contraptions. I like that a lot. What kind of band are they? Uh, eclectic. Eclectic. <laughs> okay. Oh, that means shit. I yeah. almost messaged you the other day, Dave. Are you familiar with a band uh, called Dr. Colossus? Oh, are they a Simpsons-themed band? Yeah. And their new album is called... Well, it doesn't even fit on this Spotify page I've got open. <laughs> I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt... And it goes on. My butt, my butt smells and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That is great. <laughs> so it's the Fantabulous Contraptions. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Great name. Love well it. Well done, Joe. And... Uh, also, I would love to thank from Selena in Ohio, Jenna Schaefer. Uh, vending Machine Blues. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That tells a story, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, you got up there. You wanted a Mars bar. They've only got Snickers. Oh, yeah. <sighs> that was the story. I love it. I was picturing that, it, you know, when it, the, the spiral doesn't quite oh, make yeah. it. No. <laughs> and it ends up trapping, like, t- you know, and you're like, all right, another two dollars. I can. I'll get two. Yeah. Traps it again. No. <laughs> Double no, or nothing. Please. Double or nothing. Absolute nightmare. Uh, finally, for me, I'd love to thank from Caulfield North in Victoria, Ben Cardwell. Um, the uh, the fearful bears. Oh, oh, that's good. Actually, that's very good. And you want to show some working out there? Or? Uh, the Caulfield local football team is called the Bears. Brilliant. And they're not very good. <laughs> They're a bit fearful? Yeah. No, I th- they probably, they're probably fine. I, I don't know where fearful came from. I just I just went the opposite of what a bear normally is. And if they ever get huge, yeah, like massive, and then there's a cover band, they could call themselves the Bearful Fears. <laughs> yes. And fans would be like, oh, the I get it. Spoonerism type yeah. work. That's good. So you've got, you want to have options for a cover band that hopefully will pay you royalties. Sure. Just saying. You got to think of everything when you're starting a business. I exactly. mean, band. <laughs> obviously, we were thinking that he'd worn it would be the weed on a cover. Band. Of course, obviously. Everyone gets starts a band thinking of the cash. Yeah, <laughs> right. Why else you're do you do it? Smart too. Why else do you do it? It's just good business sense. All right, I would like to thank now from Alexandria in Virginia, over in the United States, Samuel Hanura. Samuel Hanura. Leaving home. Oh. That's the band's called Leaving Home. Leaving home. I love that. Mm. Okay. I reckon they're folky. Yeah, probably. I reckon, folky, yeah. yeah. They've got a banjo. Not on all tracks, but it does make an appearance. Mm. And at any point in the song, you can go, oh, and it works. <laughs> That's folk, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's folk. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. And is there a symbol like a little house? Yes. Yeah. 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 I chim- love it. With a chimney? I'd, I'd have that album for sure. Samuel, I'd get that cool on stuff. vinyl. That's sick. <laughs> I would like to thank now from uh, Mobile, or Mobile, they might say, in Alaska, Caleb Howard. Caleb Howard. Caleb Howard. Uh, Diggin' Trouble. (laughs) Oh, that's a good country band. (laughs) Diggin' Trouble. Mate, you're so good at this. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I love it. (laughs) Diggin' Trouble. (laughs) Just like two gibberish words together. Oh, my God. (laughs) You found your calling. I mean, have you seen most band names? They're yeah, terrible. That's true. Dig in trouble. Well, like hello it. there. We're digging trouble. <laughs> We're gonna play some tunes. <laughs> Sounds good. They're yeah. all like three. So I, that working out there was there's a Saints play called Dougal Howard, <laughs> Dougal, Doug. Yep. 
digging. Digging. Digging trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Brilliant. Whereas uh, the last one, uh, Samuel's from Alexandria. Leonard Cohen has a song, Alexandra, or Leaving. Leaving Home. Leaving Home's a Jebediah song. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Sometimes it's it. fun to hear the workers out. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's dull. a dull <laughs> fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Officially dull over there. Uh, but it's also useful for us. <laughs> and finally, I'd like, th- like to thank from Sunshine North in Victoria here, Emma Northup. Quick. Bob, think, don't think, say. Stools. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love Great. it. Named after the useful item, household item, or shit. <laughs> yeah. Which one? One of those names you don't know. Yeah. Have you seen there's a restaurant up the road from here called <laughs> The Blue Stool? <laughs> you should I get think that it's, it's uh, what a what a funny name for a place you go to <laughs> eat. You do not want blue stools. <laughs> That's not. But the fun part about the band stools is that uh, they're a bit in on the joke and they every time people say, where's the name come from, they tell a different story. Oh, so like the true that. origin is never known. But what is the true origin? Hmm? What is the true no, origin? No, it's not known. Oh, they the don't true, even know. The true origin yeah. is an Australian woman on a podcast yelled it out. Because <laughs> that was what was in front of her. <laughs> they're working out. Didn't even th- the, uh, it's right there. The recording device is sitting on a stool. So I was actually looking at that one though. Oh, that's. But there are three so different. You're stools telling me that that's the one going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one. No, day? that one. <laughs> oh, the first? that's what? not a. That's a little table. That could be a stool. Okay. Ah, you've really opened my mind. <laughs> this could be a stool right here. What? Oh my god. That's Everything's a, a stool. <laughs> um. So is it Emma Northorpe? And the stools or just the stools? Oh, that's better. I think it's just stools. Okay. Stools. Yeah, no. Oh, no, <laughs> that. Do you think that just sounds good? Well, I like it. Hey, guys, we're stools. Stools. <laughs> I like it when there's it's no... It's with a Z, though. It's with a Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> Easy so to get the uh, the website. It's a metal band. Stools.com. Well, thank you very much to Emma, Caleb, Samuel, Ben, Jenna, Joe, Sarah or Sarah, Brent and Sarah or Sarah. And the only thing we've got left to do this week before we boot this baby home is... Uh, letting a few people into the, not letting them in, welcoming, welcoming them in to the Triptych Club. That's a club in our minds, it's in our hearts, but it's also in Nutter Wadding. Uh, <laughs> we have just uh, put, opened a lease up on a, on a factory outlet uh, in the outer south. Got a great prize, a real up, <laughs> outer real up and coming. West Stop maybe? It. No, I don't know where Nutter Wadding is really. East, south east. Yeah, it's got to be east, isn't it? It's a great, but what a beautiful name for a suburb. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Can you go on the Neighbours tour while you're there? Oh, is that where Neighbours is set? Is it? The house is in. The house is there, is I it? think it's in Vermont, actually. Oh, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Vermont, nowhere near as fun of a suburb. Yeah, not a wadding. Not a wadding. That's comedic. Love that very much. Um, so, uh, what we do here is uh, people who have been supporting us for three years straight on the shout-out level or above... Uh, and we just shouted out some people. So those people, will, uh, if they hang around, will be in the Triptych Club down the track. But uh, these other people we shouted out a while ago, and now we're bringing them in to the Triptych Club. Uh, the way this works is I've got, I'm have got i standing at the door. I've got the velvet rope. I've got the clipboard. I've got the guest list. I'm going to uh, welcome you in one by one. Dave will then hype you up because you want to feel good coming into the club yeah, of course this is like a hall of fame induction almost but it takes a lot of effort for dave to put himself out there to hype them up so jess is there lifting dave up with a little hype mm-hmm. of her own um 
And Jess normally has, behind the bar has a, a cocktail whipped up. What have you got this week? Yeah, all our food and drink specials this week actually uh, do involve some pyrotechnics because they <laughs> will all explode. Um, as a tribute to Exploding Hearts, um, you order our Exploding Hearts signature cocktail and it uh, explodes. Wow. Um, but then it, like it, instead of drinking it, you throw it in the air, it explodes. A bit like cr- a grenade, but, you know, <laughs> small. And then it, like, bathes you in that drink. Well, and then you just sort of absorb the oh. liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of an experience. Through the pores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, yep. yep. Seeps in. Put me down for one. That yep, sounds delicious. We'll do. Uh, and Dave, you normally book a band. You're not going to believe <laughs> What? You're not going to believe who I was able to get. Who? King? Iggy. The King? <laughs> the King. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the King. Iggy Pop and the Iguanas. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Iggy and the Iggies. <laughs> Iggy and the Iggies. And uh, there may be a few drop-in appearances uh, from the Exploding Hearts. Whoa. Wow. Ba- backed by King Huge. Louis uh, with <laughs> yeah. an unplugged-in keyboard. <laughs> and uh, also a steering wheel. <laughs> Just bashing out the drums. Uh, and the Fuck Fucks. Fuck fucks. Supporting. Yeah, absolutely. Dick but out. Yeah, the, the lead guy from the <laughs> fuck fucks. Just we'll be on we'll be on tambourine. A bit overwhelming for young Josh. I, that's, that's so very funny. funny. I totally get it. At you know, 17, 18, I would be like, I feel confronted. It's so funny to think I, I was possibly just standing right next to him at the time. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Josh is like cringing and Matt's going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chop, flop that, chop, flop that, flop that. Chop. Trying to get a chant going. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got a few here today. We've got eight inductees Brilliant. into the club. Okay. So let's go through them. First up from Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. It's Katerina. Gutierrez. Ooh, Adarina. Yes. Like Ada. Oh, good on ya. Ada girl. Yeah. Adarina. Yes. Adarina. Katarina Gutierrez. Hopefully I'm getting that right. Next up, welcome in, Katarina. We've got from Espoo in (laughs) Finland. It's Henri or Henry Strandman. Oh, the Strandman of the hour. Yes. Espoo. We'll, we'll not leave you stranded. <laughs> Welcome in from New Haven. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my headphones. Keep going. I'll never, I'll never die. Come from on, New Haven in East Sussex in Great Britain, it's Peter Denya. Good Enya. Yeah, good Enya. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's saying everyone says, good Enya. It's like good on ya, but good Enya. <laughs> keep going, keep going. From Derby in Great Britain, it's Andy Conduit Turner. Oh, the Conduit Turner of a good time. Yeah, he turns up. Good time happening. Yeah. From Mullumbimby in New South Wales, Australia, it's Abby Garland. Ooh. Uh, Garland. Land. Um, it's like a garland is a thing you could. Oh yeah, um, what? Like is toss it? a garland. Oh yeah, to- well, a garland. toss a garland, toss an Abbey garland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't really get it, but sure. It's okay, you nailing it. From Bristow <laughs> in Virginia, in the United States, it's Stephen Jones. Oh, I've been Jones in for a bit of Stephen. Oh, yes. <laughs> From <laughs> Eastern Heights in Queensland, Australia, it's Kate Mallory. Oh, Mallory. <laughs> Come on in. 
Why don't you come on in? Mallory. Kate Mallory, that Kate is. Kate Mallory. And finally, from the home of the Big Merino, Goulburn, New South Wales, Australia, it's Bron Livesy. Well, I woke up this morning feeling a little bit dead, but now I'm feeling alivesy. <laughs> Bron. Livesy, livesy, livesy. Do go Bron. Welcome in, Bron, Do Kate, Bron. Stephen, Abby, Andy, Peter, Henry, 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 and Katerina. Welcome in one and all. We can't wait to party with you and uh, really rock out to the tunes of Iggy. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Thank you so much, everyone there. Uh, and that pr- that really brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in once again. Dave, you want to boot this home? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so only thing left to say is once again, thanks to Josh. Check out his podcast. We do love it. Don't you know who I am? Um, you can get in contact with us at dogoonpod.com. There's links to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, merchandise. Also our email, dogoonpod at gmail.com. But until next time, we'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.